If you are someone who has a never-ending to-do list and it never seems like there is enough time in the day because everything is important, or if you're someone who ruminates when a big decision needs to be made and you find yourself going over and over all the possibilities in your head on all the options and you really have a hard time moving forward and just making that decision, and even after you make that decision, you still question, did I make the right decision? Did I do the right thing? Was that the right thing for my team? Is that going to move the organization ahead in the right way? Or did I make the right decision for myself? If you can relate to any of that, then this podcast is for you. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Empower Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. This show helps you turn insights into action for powerful leadership growth. And I am so excited about my conversation today with Matthew Schramm. Matthew went through our seven-week positive intelligence program. You're going to hear all about his experience We talk about it in the episode, but what positive intelligence is, it's the other Q. So there's IQ, EQ, AQ, and this is PQ. It's called positive intelligence. And it can really help transform how we view our work, our life, our relationships, and our world. And so I can't wait for you to listen into this conversation that I have with Matthew and his experience going through this program. If at the end of this episode, you say to yourself, wow, I would love to experience that, I will tell you it's very transformational and we're happy to have a conversation with you about whether it's for you individually or with your team. This can be extremely transformational for teams. So reach out at hello at MomentumPartnersGroup.com and we'd be happy to schedule a conversation with you. But for now, let's dive in so you can hear about Matthew Schramm's experience with positive intelligence. All right, Matthew, I'm so glad you're here today, and I'm excited about our interview. I'm excited too. This will be fun. Well, so tell me a little bit about where you're working now and where you're at in your career. Yeah, great question. So I I am uh, working at Group Solver Incorporated, which is a small startup uh, market research company down in San Diego, as I went to school down in San Diego, and I recently moved to a new role in customer success. I initially started out uh, as a business analyst on our analytics team for them, and I was excited to be a part of this as I as I knew it would be kind of transitioning into a new type of role with that was a little outside of my comfort zone, but that I was super looking forward to. So it's been fun to be a part of the small, you know, startup culture and I've had a blast doing it. <laughs> That's great. So I contrary, I worked in mm-hmm. big company culture for twenty seven years. And so tell me about some of the things that you like about the small company culture at, at a startup. Yeah, I think I was really drawn to some of the, especially the people and the hustle that's required out of a startup. I was particularly early in my career looking forward to, you know, being able to be a master of many different trades and and, and learning to take over different roles. I think one of the things I've learned in, in chatting with friends and, and those that work in larger companies is it's very cut and dry in terms of what they do in their role. Whereas I, every day I'm, I'm learning new things, I feel like. And I'm required to, 
you know, at, at times there'll be there'll be a, a problem that arises and there's not like a guy for it or uh, someone for it. And you kind of just have to learn and, and be willing to take over different things that might be a little outside of your comfort zone and learn on the fly. And it's been a blast. And I feel especially just in already moving in my career, in my early career, it's it's been a lot of fun to kind of see how to do different things and, and learn across the board and across different roles, across different teams in that smaller environment. Yeah, it, it's one of the things I mm-hmm. love about coaching executives and leaders from startups and smaller organizations is you get so much cross-functional mm-hmm. base knowledge in what you do. And it's, it's fantastic. I didn't have that until later on in my career, mm-hmm. you know, again, worked in the large company environment where I was very siloed in my position yeah. and the guardrails were really narrow. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you and I talked about was just exposure to a lot of, you know, in so many ways, unfamiliar territory. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you came to coaching, um, seeking some guidance and mm-hmm. some coaching. And one of the recommendations I had made for you was to join a positive intelligence pod. Yes. And so I'll kind of share just a little bit about positive intelligence, and then I'll have you dive in and just share a little bit about your experience. And that'll be the basis of our podcast today. Awesome. Love it. So positive intelligence, for those of you that may or may not know, is it's another one of the cues. So there's EQ, IQ, AQ, and then there's PQ, which is positive intelligence. And it was developed by... A Stanford professor, and his name's Shirzad Shamin. He's fantastic. I went through his coaching program, and it really addresses how we look at life's problems and challenges, and what we do with that information, how we react to different situations. We can react from a saboteur mindset, or we can choose to react from our sage mindset. And our saboteur voice is that voice, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, it's that voice, that inner critic voice that tells us, you know, things are negative, that we can't go further, that we're stuck, that we're, we're not good enough, who do we think we are? It says all of those negative things to us. It really gets in our way, and it really becomes loud when we're about to make a big move or take a big risk. And so... I would love for you, Matthew, just to kind of set the stage on a few of the challenges that you were experiencing at work that made PQ interesting to you to join in. Yeah, great question. So yeah, I think just a little bit of context into why part of why I seeked it out was especially because we're we're still fairly young and new in my company. And so the role that I was moving into particularly was one in customer success management was one that had existed, but we had kind of gotten rid of in years past. And then I was going to be essentially carving out a brand new role and and still am as, as we speak. And I think it was a little bit, not necessarily intimidating, but there, there were definitely a lot of question marks and, and I was kind of coming in with, with excitement, but a lot of nerves and a lot of uncertainty with it. So I was looking forward to being able to learn about myself and learn how to slow down and, and maximize my strengths while recognizing what in the past I would call my weaknesses. But I think what I've learned a lot through this is calling it my saboteurs and recognizing how I can utilize or, or your saboteurs kind of stem in a lot of cases from your strengths. 
and recognizing how do you kind of halt those and how do you slow yourself down in such a fast pace, especially being (laughs) in that small company environment and allowing myself the space to maximize my strengths and and do the things and, and be willing to say yes, be willing to say no in some cases, especially given my sticklers, which maybe we'll talk a little bit about. Um, but I think I, I especially was coming in not knowing exactly what it looked like. And the positive intelligence training, I can confidently say, allowed me to especially just slow down and and learn about myself and, and also just on my inner like inner um relationships and like in my personal life too it's been a total help in just like learning how to you know live with roommates learning how to have discussions with with friends and and family members along with obviously my position at work as well so it's it's been a blast and i think i've learned a lot of how to define it how to recognize it and also how to just kind of slow down and maximize my abilities in positive intelligence training. Yeah. So Matthew, uh, thank you for that. But there's a lot to unpack with what you just shared. Yeah. So first and foremost, I love that you said the saboteurs are really born from our strengths. Mm-hmm. And we get into more depth in that in the program. Mm-hmm. But essentially, we all have a judge. And it's our inner judge. Mm-hmm. And then we have, according to Shirzad, we have these nine accomplice saboteurs. And they're all unique and in a unique combination to our upbringing. And our saboteurs are really born from our childhood. And they are coping mechanisms and things that we learned in our childhood to either help protect us or help move us forward in a really positive way. And so so I'll mention one of mine is one of mine is I have a hyperachiever saboteur. And what that means for me is I can get a heck of a lot of things done. And when I was a kid, I got praised for getting a lot of things done. I got praised for good grades. I got the rewards. I got to go to the ice cream store and, you know, pick out my favorite ice cream when I got A's. And that really, that reward system let me know, oh, I get rewarded and I'm thought highly of if I continue to produce and I continue to achieve. That's a great strength of mine. I can get, I, I can get a lot done and I can check off a lot of things on my list every day. But that strength, when it goes into overdrive, then I'm doing too much every day. I don't know when to call it quits. I can sometimes have trouble with work-life balance. So that's just, I I mean, I'm giving just a very thin layer of kind of visibility into these saboteurs, but that's how a hyperachiever saboteur shows up for me. And it gives, it helps me and it gives me language to either you know talk to myself or talk to someone else in my life totally. about hey you know what I realized my hyperachiever saboteur was getting in the way when the kids came in when they were little and they came in with their backpacks and I'm like hey what homework do you have what do you have to get done mm-hmm. and then now I can recognize oh that hyperachiever saboteur was getting in my way I need to just check in totally. and slow down I love what you said about slowing down mm-hmm. I need to just slow down and say hey how are you how yeah. was your day and just taking that opportunity to really check in with how they're being versus what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And so would love for you to share, because you, you shared a little bit yeah. about how you have a stickler saboteur. Mm-hmm. And so we'd love for you just to share with my audience, yeah. what have you learned about yourself and how has learning about your stickler saboteur impacted what you do on a daily basis? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. I think one of the things to 
with the stickler similar a little bit to the hyperachiever and you know they all have their similarities and differences i think especially with with the stickler basically having it be the one that i I like to have checklists of things that i need to do both in work and in my personal life and they're just always in my head right and the things that need to get done it's similar to say like a perfectionist but i think like hyper hyper achiever is similar to that as well so it's avoiding the terminology of perfectionist. I think Stickler sums it up really well. But I think what I loved too, even just from the first like week or two into PQ training was in recognizing that it can actually be a saboteur because when a lot of people who either don't have it or even people that do have, you know, their own Stickler saboteur, it's seen as like a positive in a lot of people's eyes of wow, you're really, you're really on your stuff. Like you're really, (laughs) that's crazy that you have everything marked down that you need to do for the day. Like that looks awesome. And I think I'd been told that a lot of times and I start finally started to kind of break that down and realize, all right, it's good and it's important to have those, but to what degree is it also affecting my own, you know, ability to be flexible, my own ability to take care of myself. I actually have a pleaser as well. And those paired together cause me to kind of overwork myself. And sometimes my physical health takes a hit in that era area. So I think the first thing is that just, I learned that, okay, it's great to do things well and to have everything done perfectly in your mind's eye. But at the same time, it's okay to not always do that and to recognize that not everything needs a checklist, especially in my personal life. Like it's okay to just be a little spontaneous. It's okay to have flexibility, especially in this role that I was moving into, which as an analyst, it was very clear cut and dry what I was going to do during the day, even though it was, you know, still startup. And now this new role, I'm, I'm being pulled every which way. And I think without being aware of that, it would have and it still did. It still, you know, sabotaged me a little bit of like, God, what am I doing? Like this is too, I, I'm getting pulled in every way. And I just want to do the one thing that I had in, on my thing to do at this time, but I couldn't because I had to answer this or I had to jump on this call or I had to talk to this person. And so realizing and learning how to be okay with, you know what, right now, just doing enough here is okay because it's not a super important task. Or, you know what, this is something that I want to do, but it's really not that important. Learning to kind of prioritize it and also learning that it's okay to have a little bit of flexibility in the workplace, but also in my personal life and not needing a checklist for every <laughs> single thing. And so I think that's just one of of the examples of my sticklers and seeing how kind of the judge would also come out of that especially in, in say like preps for, for calls or discussing with clients or talking with upper management. If I didn't feel like I was super prepared or I had every single possible thing we were going to discuss down pat, then the judge would say, Oh, you know, like you're not well enough equipped to be on this call. And that's where like mid call, you know, especially being as, you know, OCD as I am, it could be hard to kind of pivot and stay focused in, in my mind. And, but learning how to, again, I always come back to, because I think this is a good way of summing it up, at least for myself is like slowing down, doing what they call PQ reps and focusing on my breathing or focusing on, on what I'm listening to. And then saying, you know what? I need to let that go and I need to be in the moment and I do know what I'm doing and I and I can't answer this question or you know what this is a little bit out of my comfort zone or I'm not aware 
it's okay to say that and realize that I'm, I'm learning and I'm in this new role or I'm not as familiar with that and actually drastically, I mean, what a surprise, helped in those relationships, in those calls, in those projects that I was on. And it's still something I'm learning. I'm still something I'm going through. But I think it was huge doing this in pair with it because it's something that, again, on the outside looking in, it's like, oh, wow, this guy's all over his stuff. But when that checklist or that schedule gets shaken, that's where I can start to kind of panic a little bit with the stickler. And so learning that life's not going to go exactly how you plan it to go sometimes. And it's great to plan. It's great to have checklists. It's great to have things that you want to accomplish while realizing as well that it's not going to go exactly that way. So I think that was one thing. And, and, but especially just in the, in the now or in the short term, realizing how to slow down and then long-term, you know, learning that this is a way that I can live my life and, and still maximize those strengths, recognize that I'm organized, recognize that I appreciate structure, but also be open to not needing structure in every little thing that I do, right? So I think that diving into some of the personal ones of of the stickler saboteur, that's really where I think it became super real and very tangible and helpful, both in the workplace and at home in my personal life as well. Yeah, Matthew, I love that you shared that because you know, this coaching program, it's seven weeks, and it really is very holistic. Mm -hmm. So most people come into it thinking, hey, this is going to help me at work in my role. And it does, it helps in every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. And I also love what you shared too around, you know, hey, from an outside perspective, people look at me and say, wow, he's got it all together. He's super organized. Mm -hmm. But so many people don't understand the internal turmoil and stress that that saboteur can cause you. Totally. And the reality is, and I think we all think, oh, so-and-so is so confident or so organized or so put together. But the reality is we all have some combination of these saboteurs. Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned it and I mentioned it as well, just giving language to this thought process that happens in our brain that enables us to be more empowered And then what I've really seen in you is just this confidence level Mm -hmm. really increase. What I've also witnessed in you through the coaching program is kind of the rumination. I think so many of us get caught in that rumination cycle, Mm -hmm. thinking, overthinking, thinking about what we did. Was it good enough? What should I have said differently? What should I have done differently? How could I do it better in the future? And then just all the energy that goes into that is it's draining. It's a lot. And then, you know, we've talked about kind of where you are in your career. And as you move up in the organization, which it's a flat organization, Mm -hmm. right? And as you move up, talking about that ambiguity of everything isn't going to be as clear on a checklist anymore. How do I flex? How do I deal with that ambiguity? How do I move forward in a confident way in spite of having everything ticked and tied, right? Yeah. We've talked about just how much your confidence has grown in that area totally. and how much more equipped you feel to take on those bigger challenges and those bigger roles in the organization because of this program. Mm-hmm. So very much so. Yeah. 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 It's been it's been great to be your coach in this process. And I've I've loved being a part. It's been it's been I didn't I didn't expect as much as it's been. It's been even more than what I came in hoping for. So 
That's great. I really enjoyed it. And I would love to just talk about just the mechanics of the program mm-hmm. a little bit. So, I mean, it's not it's not really a heavy lift in terms of what's required. It's about 15 minutes a day cumulatively. Yep. It's an hour video per week. And then I would love for you to share um, about your pod calls. So yeah. typically pods, yeah, you go through this program through the seven weeks, you go through it with a group. And it's typically anywhere from two to five people. We keep the groups pretty small. But would love for you just to talk about kind of your pod experience and, and what you gain from your pod experience. Yeah, certainly. That's been a big part of it as well. So I know we've spent a good portion of the time talking about like the personal, right, and recognizing the internal positive intelligence, but it also pairs super well with recognizing outward positive intelligence or being able to learn how other people work and learn what other people's saboteurs are. And especially my pod, it's been a lot of fun. The the two other people that I work with have fairly different saboteurs, almost maybe not entirely different, but it, it they work differently and they think a little bit differently than I do. And so hearing their perspective and seeing the way and recognizing some of the similarities, but also seeing, oh, that's so weird that you, that's, you know, the way you think, but I totally see that. And then I start thinking about in the workplace and especially since I work with so many teams so closely because we are so small, I think about, oh, you know what? Like this coworker totally works like that and thinks like that. And I, I've seen it, right? And this boss that I've had, totally is a hyper achiever. And this one is more this way. And so being able to hear the perspectives in, in a raw and authentic, and I won't get into specifics because part of it is is confidentiality and, and growing with each other, but it's allowed me to kind of get outside of my own perspective as well and and learn about that. One of the, the best parts of PQ is that it doesn't Yes, you focus and, and a lot of the the reps that you do through the week are internal looking in your own saboteurs in going through the saboteur training. And then even into the sage training, it, it you're still kind of start looking into yourself, but you're also taught about all the other ones. So I, I'm able to kind of identify them in my coworkers and realize how I can kind of learn to work with each of them on, on different levels and recognizing the styles and the, to a degree, the inner, you know, workings of their mind and, and the way they tackle an issue or tackle a project, right? So I think that's been one of the big parts is learning and growing and chatting and being vulnerable with my my pod group and getting to see what it is that they're thinking differently yeah. than myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great. I run these pods quite a bit and so does Lori. Mm-hmm. When we see people learning learning about themselves yeah. in community mm-hmm. and then learning about each other in community, it sparks exactly what you just said. Yeah. All of a sudden these light bulb moments happen where they're like, Oh, my boss has yeah. a stickler saboteur yeah. and now I know what he or she is thinking and now I might know how to maneuver around a little bit better or position things in a way that in a way that I know that they might need to hear something. Mm -hmm. And it really can affect your influence. It can affect your confidence. But learning in community is so powerful. So powerful. It really is. It's just you really deepen the learning together and the friendships and the relationships and the connections that are really born out of that are really amazing. I have pods that, I know your pod just finished, but I have Mm -hmm. pods that have stayed friends for Till still yep. to this day because oh, that's the hope. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I've come to really got to know these guys, and I, I hope to look forward to 
continuing relationships with them because yeah i feel like we've grown uh, and it's a big part of it is we we also have a chat sorry i don't mean to cut you off no you're but yeah, great we also have a chat like in the app that we use to keep each other accountable and try to motivate each other and ask how each other's weeks are doing so i certainly hope to continue you know our chats with each other as well yeah that's fabulous you brought it up so i'm actually going to let you you know take the stage here and talk about the sage, because mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about the inner saboteur. Yeah, sure. And we've talked about, you know, the effect of the saboteur on us, how it really creates us moving in the world from a place of negativity and stress and guilt or shame or not enough of, right? And mm-hmm. we're, we just don't feel worthy enough. But would love for you just to share a little bit about the opposite of that, which is we all have a choice in how we look at things, how we approach life, how we approach circumstances that happen to us, even things that are perceived most normally as negative. But we have this opportunity called the sage perspective. And we'd love for you just to share your thoughts about what the sage perspective is. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I think it pairs super well. And I especially talk with the saboteur because that's what we start off with. And a big part of it is identifying, you know, the saboteur and, and growing our what is it? PQ muscle? Is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the sage is kind of what we wrap up on of how do you take the difficult situation you find yourself in and recognize how that might be a positive or how you can use the powers of the sage to rethink about it or, again, slow yourself down and reassess, I think, the different ways you go through that. And so there's a number of different, I think, maybe not exercise, but different ways to essentially use different sage powers. But what I love is if we first talked about what are the ways in which the sage activates different ways of thinking. And so one of them, let's see if I can remember the name of it, but basically it allows you to take, oh, I just lost like as things as extreme as like my job or I lost a, a project or a position and the the judge and the saboteurs want to go immediately to, oh, I failed, like that was a problem or this isn't going well. And the sage slows you down and tells you, you know what, there's something I need to learn from this. Or maybe this could have taken me down a route or this, this was a client that was going to be, their demands were too much from what I asked, right? Or even after you finish, I think especially where I've had to slow myself down is for instance, there was one client who we had that was just really difficult and was bringing in a good deal of business, but was causing a lot of issues for myself and also for some of my teammates. And it was unfortunate to lose them, but it got to a point where I had to kind of reassess and relook at it in the sage perspective of, all right, is this something that really is beneficial for our team's health and our own time spent? And even though, yeah, the money looks cool or or whatever it may be, actually looking at, okay, what going forward will this teach me? And is this something like looking at it with a new power of knowledge and of insight into, yeah, I'd rather focus on clients who recognize what we're actually trying to do or who appreciate the product we're actually delivering and not trying to force us into far more, I won't get into the details, but basically it allowed me to, again, slow down and and reassess the positives that could be pulled out of what otherwise looked like kind of a dire or unfortunate situation. I think that's really where the sage powers 
are strong. And pairing that with recognizing my saboteur and being like, oh, yeah, I see myself going right to, all right, what did I do wrong? Why was I unprepared to handle this? And in reality, this might be better in the long term. So I think that's a little bit, if, if you know, that was clear enough of what the sage has kind of been for me through this process. Yeah, I think you did a great job mm-hmm. of explaining it. So I appreciate that. And, you know, what you really spoke into is this idea that the sage is a different lens that we can choose. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea of choice. Yeah. Because we all have a choice in how we react to things. The sage is kind of this opportunity and this lens that we can choose to see the gift in anything. Like you talked about this difficult client, talked about, you know, maybe someone else loses a job. I know you guys had some layoffs that recently happened, right? Mm -hmm. And luckily you weren't part of it. But if you were, it's like, how do I look at that opportunity Mm -hmm. and say, well, maybe this is providing me an opportunity to go find a different position with a different industry or an opportunity to learn something different somewhere else, right? And so there's always a way, no matter what the situation is, you know, we've all been through difficult situations, both Mm -hmm. personally and professionally. And like, what is the gift in those situations? Totally, yeah. And a lot of times we we can get a little further away from those moments that are difficult. And in hindsight, we can say, oh, I'm, I can't tell you how many people I coach all the time and they've either gotten fired or laid off. And then later on they're saying, Oh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. Because then I started my own company or, you know, I found another job and I absolutely love my job and I can't imagine not Mm -hmm. doing this role right now. The Sage perspective allows us to basically reduce the time in which it takes us to see that better perspective. Yeah, totally. So it just shortens the window and it really allows us within minutes or hours or mm-hmm. days to really come up with that perspective. And it's not about toxic positivity. It's around feeling the feelings, yeah. but also acknowledging we have a choice in how we choose to respond. It's really powerful when coupled with, like you said, you combine the sage perspective along with understanding your saboteurs. And those two combined are really this powerful cocktail of empowerment and confidence and security. And I think for so many people too, freedom. Mm -hmm. Freedom from kind of the internal just voices in our heads that can really bring us down and So many of those voices, we talk so negatively to ourselves and we say things that we would never say to our friends. Yeah, no, totally. I think, like we said, I think at time, like there are, there are negative situations happen where you're going to feel strong feelings, but it saves so much time and grief and anger and as as important as it is still feel those things, but to, by looking at it in that sage perspective, rather than taking years or months to heal over something, being able to at least try and give yourself an opportunity to look at it in that perspective, I think is where it's super powerful and really cool to kind of see. And it's not easy to do. And it's why like this is a training to continue to learn and grow in it. But I've already seen it in many different cases, like you said, especially with this kind of round of layoffs of, all right, how do I cope with that and and still feel for those people and, and feel for what's going on, but see, okay, here's the positive of how change can be made. And I don't need to sit in anger and frustration, I can feel that, but but actually move on and, and think positively and be excited for still what's to come from that. 
Yeah, that's fantastic, mm-hmm. Matthew. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And you know, you talked about it earlier in terms of using this in the workplace to identify other people's perspectives without even them knowing it, right? And the great thing is, is we offer this both individually. So Lori Tab, my partner and I from Momentum Partners, we offer this individually to individual clients, and then we put people in pods. But we also offer this to teams in organizations. Mm-hmm. What we've seen in terms of how it can absolutely transform teams by having this vernacular that they can share with each other and this common language that they can really move forward together as a team. And it helps so much with difficult conversations. You know, your stickler saboteur is getting in the way. And, you know, traditionally, what I know is that sometimes someone that has a stickler saboteur can turn things in late. I know that's not you. Yeah. But a lot of times it can be you because people are trying to get things so perfect, done perfectly, that they'll miss deadlines. And so then instead of saying, hey, Matthew, you're not a great employee, you keep turning things in late, I can say, hey, Matthew, I really think your stickler saboteur is getting in the way here. It becomes kind of this this third-party objective (laughs) way of having a difficult conversation. And it just makes it easier and more understandable for both parties to really say, oh, yeah, you're right. I am noticing that. It is getting in my way. Okay, and here's some alternatives. And how can we coach each other? And how can we really work through that together? So it's so powerful for teams. I really highly recommend it. It's a fantastic program. Makes sense. I would love to have my team be a part of it. I think as much as I've loved learning about it on the personal level, especially in, in chatting with whether it be my boss or coworkers or what have you, and if eventually there's people that I have under me and giving them feedback, having that language and being able to identify as a team what's really going on and in a positive way would be so helpful. So I totally see the benefit of that. And, you know, hopefully we, we can do so as well down the road. Yeah, no, that's great. So Matthew, I'm I'm just curious, do you have any kind of last words of wisdom for anyone listening who might be struggling with, you know, imposter syndrome, that negative inner critic voice? Any last words of wisdom that you want to share in terms of what you've learned through your experience? Yeah, I mean, first thing, try this out. I think this has been a huge help in just learning. But again, one of the main things is just what I've learned is to slow yourself down in those moments. And even on particular calls or in the middle of a project or in the middle of a busy day, learn how to slow down and retrain your brain to remove itself from a downward spiral into this negative mindset and learning how do I find the positivity? How do I slow down? Maybe I just needed to go for a walk or take a break or what have you and do some PQ reps. But I think a lot of where I've learned that is through taking this program. So I would certainly recommend first take the program, but just learn how to slow down and find your own way of meditating and readjusting your perspective in in a lot of those moments that are come up constantly daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, of just frustration or what what have you on, on different uh, for for different people, it's, it's different things. So that'd be my little word of advice. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. Yep. I, I, again, I'm so grateful that you took your time to be here on the podcast today. And it's been so much fun to what have you in the, in the PQ program and coaching you and seeing all the growth between you and your pod mates. And thanks for trusting me to be your coach. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks I for being here. To too. Thanks so much, Natalie. It's been fun. Take care. Bye. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Thank you.